Episode 39 of Slam City. It's Raymond Moore here, Mr. Meg, on this ugly, rainy, and you know, pretty depressing day, I, I would say. It's really... not that depressing. The, the Cavs lost last night. Yeah, I mean, you know. got to count for something. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that and the whole, uh, if they're in trouble in the East, and also the Warriors getting hot now, and they're winning all these tough games about Durant, and he's coming back soon. But, you know, before we get into there, let's start off with really about this uh, Final Four in this tournament. You know, this whole tournament experience, I think, in my opinion, was wonderful. It was one of those years where you see a lot of these teams, and especially if you have your brackets, you probably have a lot of busted brackets since, like, the first round, since around 64. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> when you have an upset and you're like, oh, God, it's over. And even in... in Round 32 or 16 where, where Duke got eliminated, or even the top teams, for instance, like South Carolina eliminating the, the Dukes of the world and the Floridas, and it's just like they're on a Cinderella run right now. It's pretty impressive. I, I, dude, I got to be honest. I really stopped paying too close attention after that first. Uh, the first as soon round? As, my bracket got, <laughs> as soon as mine and, and almost everyone I know's bracket got destroyed within like week one, yeah, it was kind of just uh, after that, you just get to watch, and I just kind of tuned in. The only entertainment I found after that, besides just pure basketball, was the whole Lonzo Ball um, situation where his father is running around talking all this nonsense. Oh yeah, yeah, that whole situation. I mean, when when he got eliminated from UCLA, you know, and uh, the only thing I was thinking about was, well, what's the father going to say about this and everything. And then he, you know, he goes on first take and explains the whole situation about oh he doesn't care it's about the NBA right now and, and Alonzo who pretty much wasn't really focused in in that game I guess you could say like he didn't care as much as like the Kentucky of the world where they lost to North Carolina in the closing seconds of the game mm-hmm. and and you hear uh, Fox pretty much crying in the locker room with his teammates and everything how much they care how much they wanted to win that game I mean the different personalities of course and they're probably gonna be the top players that are gonna be taken out of the draft but. I just like it how in college basketball you see all these players, emotional ones, that really take it to heart when they lose, especially when they're getting close to what they want to achieve, which is win the title. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take it to heart? I mean, you guys, Lonzo, that he didn't take it to heart. I mean, we well, here's the thing. I'm not sure what Lonzo does because I know his. I I believe his father is pulling the strings a lot more than we give him credit for, or a lot more than we notice. I, I think. I don't. I don't think there's any real way to not take that loss to heart. He looks nonchalant, and maybe he's brushing it off because he knows he's going to the NBA. But I mean, passion counts for something, and he didn't. He didn't. But then again, he wasn't exactly a you know volcano of emotion when he was on the court at all. But it's mm-hmm. easy to be non-emotional when you're winning. Yeah. When when the games aren't even all that close, you know what I mean, and you you just basically doing what you want to do. So. I mean, who knows, man? He, at the end of the day, I was more entertained by watching his father's reaction to the loss. I got, I got two other sons coming. I got two other. Eh, shut up, shut up. You, you got more chances win. to win a title, yeah. though. You also got too much chance to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I see a clip of him playing basketball. Oh my goodness, man! The, it, it looks so bad. I just like. He's talking too much smack about, oh, I'm going to take Michael Jordan. I can that. beat Jordan. I can beat Barkley. Like, bro. He, he can't even hold the ball. <laughs> he couldn't hold the ball in that whole clip. Hilarious. Hilarious. I love it. I love it, though. I love to see dudes have to eat their own words. I see, he's, just, he's, a, he's just like a big time pro. He would be like the perfect person 
if he was in WWE, just promoting superstars and be like this and that and talking smack. And then, oh, yeah, and then totally. he just gets like beat down and stuff. Totally. I'd like to see him. I, I don't know what his business acumen is. Like, he, he, he seems to have a hold on the basics of branding. Yeah. But I wonder if that's coming at a cost of his son's, you know, mental health and welfare. Because we don't see what the end result of all that is going to be on his on his kids. We just hear the talk right now, and it looks harmless. But who knows what it's going to look like when it's all said and done. That's true. So I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I guess. I'm just waiting for the I'm waiting for the Lonzo Ball book to come out. <laughs> what would be the, the title of the book would be? <sighs> Daddy made me. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy dearest, or you know, dear dad. Deflated balls. <laughs> oh my God! Deflated balls. It's got it's it, it really. I mean, but okay. Lonzo doesn't win the chance. Lonzo doesn't win college. Goes straight to the pros, right? Imagine his son right after comes and then wins in college, and his father is just heaping <laughs> praise all over that kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm in the pros." And all of a sudden, like Lonzo gets completely forgotten because he's got like an average career. Not a, not a, not a, not a, not a, not a sickening one, not a terrible one. But imagine he's like Kenny. Imagine he's like Kenny the Jet, or or either one of the Jets. Imagine he's just you know he's just that level career. Like he hits some big shots, but not even on some Robert Ory. He's just there. And you know, imagine if he has like a pretty mediocre career, and then the next son comes and he blows through the roof, and all of a sudden all the dad ever talks about is the next son. Yeah. I'm just, I, I I I'm wishing terrible things and. This is like a movie I'm I'm talking about in my head, but it's been like a movie so far, so I'm kind of just waiting. I'm I'm watching the whole thing with popcorn. Well, speaking of, of the team losing to them, I mean Kentucky beating them, and Kentucky losing to North Carolina. You know, you have these four teams right now: South Carolina, uh, Gonzaga, North mm-hmm. Carolina, Oregon. These are the four remaining teams in the NCAA tournament. And they're all playing tomorrow, you know, for the tickets to the finals. That's going to be on Monday. I look at the first matchup between South Carolina and Gonzaga. You have one team who's on a Cinderella run with a coach who, who you don't want to mess with, basically. Because if, if you mess with him, you got to get screamed at or whatever. Wherever. Yeah, exactly. And you have another team who hasn't lost. Who actually has one loss the whole season in Gonzaga, 36-1. and one. They're playing at a high level right now. They got the senior who's physically like big and strong and could post up. And pretty much, I think house money right now could be South Carolina because of what they have done throughout the, the tournament. I mean, they, they have a good defense, capable of actually putting pressure on any team offensively. And it really just got to come down to if they make the big plays and all that. Um, and for Gonzaga, you know, pretty much if they can – stay with their game plan and find a way to beat South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina isn't exactly that type of team where you can just say, oh, we're going to beat them by 20 and this and that. They, yeah, no. They went this far for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Then they were down most of these games and they came back because of their defense and, and because, you know, this is a team that probably people should respect now than before. I mean, if you don't buy now, you're, you're, just, you're just asking for it. Yeah. You're just setting yourself up. They've they, the, the proof is in the pudding. We we've seen what they do. You the resume speaks for itself. They they're not lucky anymore. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. one or two games. Oh, that was luck. Oh, that was a call. That was like nah. But they beat Duke. Exactly. Family. Like at some point, it's got to stop being a fluke. At some point, somebody has to draw up a plan 
to stop these dudes yeah. if you want to get past them. Because going in there thinking that, oh, we got it, you know what I mean? Their run is going to stop. Hasn't worked out for anybody. So I, I hope I hope I hope everybody else is paying attention. I hope so too. And, and you know, you look at it in NCAA tournament history when you see a team like this, like a seven for AFC that goes this far. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Most fans will probably want to see the top coaches like you know Mike Krzyzewski's of the world and, and even Roy Williams who's, who's going this far and, and Jim Beheim from from Syracuse. You want to see those guys in, like in the Final Four and everything. But sometimes it's 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 fun as, as a as a person who who writes sports stories and all that to see a team that no one expected to come. Like for instance, maybe in a couple of years from now, or I mean twenty years, maybe we'll see. Oh, we won't possibly it could happen or whatever, but we could see a sixteen seed or a fifteen seed going far. And right. I know that's not gonna happen because no sixteen seed has ever been the first seed in the first round, and that's difficult to do. And not, anything is possible. I mean, just ask, like, the past couple of sporting events, the couple of years when the Cavaliers come back that? and the Cubs and the Patriots and, that? and all that stuff. We've, we've seen that happen. So anything can happen. A comeback can happen. And looking at South Carolina, I mean, they may be good for this year. They may be good for a couple of years if they keep this this group of students, group of players, and they keep recruiting these players that want to prove to themselves on the court that they belong with the top programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Gonzaga and how they have this terrific run. And I, I said it before. I think I even wrote it in one of my other stories about it. But to me, it's going to be one of those close games for this matchup. And I think Gonzaga might pull out here and get to the finals, in my opinion. Safe safe bet. I, I kind of have to agree with I you. I mean, as much as South Carolina left. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised though if South Carolina did try to pull an upset on them. But... Just I'm doing it based on what the Gonzaga has done throughout the whole season and w- what they expect to be when they get to the finals, and I think they'll find a way. But you look at now North Carolina and Oregon. You look at one team who's in North Carolina who's averaging 85 points as a team, probably the high scoring uh, offense in the country, pretty much can score any defense. Mm-hmm. And then you look at Oregon, who has an impressive trio of players that are carrying them. That are literally doing whatever it takes to put them in that position. So this is gonna be either one of those grind out games because Carolina can't play defense, or it's gonna be one of those shootout games which could favor Carolina regardless. I I I think Gonzaga basically makes you play their game. They're not the first. This this wouldn't be Carolina wouldn't be the first shooting team they've gone up against. Oh, I mean North Carolina, Oregon. North, yeah, oh, okay. they, they wouldn't be yeah. the so. It's a, it, for me. It's who dictates the pace. Who dictate? Who makes you play at their pace? And who? Who? What? What's the? There's a term for it. Who? Who inflicts their will on the game? I mean, Oregon has done that in the past couple of games, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do the same thing against North Carolina. But North Carolina, they just they they lost last year on that buzzer beater, mm-hmm. and they're still stinging by that. They want to get back to the finals and finish the job this time and win it. So they'll do whatever it takes. But when when you have when you have uh, Oregon who has a trio of Tyler Dorsey and Dylan Brooks and Jordan Bell, I mean these guys, they're the top players on their team. Mm-hmm. One of them is averaging twenty four points, shooting sixty percent in the tournament. One's averaging double doubles, and the other one has like probably t- the team best like six or third scoring leader at sixteen points, which is like one of the best in the country. So when if they all get hot, it gives North Carolina, 
it's gonna be one of those games where North Carolina's gonna have to pull out another buzzer beater or, or game winning shot like they did against Kentucky. I'm telling you, dude, I just got my popcorn out at this point. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. 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 I swear, I'm not mad at anything. I'm just. I'm just popcorning it up. And loving life, I'm just, you know, it's just good games to watch where I don't have a dog in this fight. And it's about time that uh, I don't have a dog in this fight. You, you, Being a Knicks fan, you learn very early what it is to just be able to sit back and watch you the turn. finals with no pressure. You yeah, I mean? but the thing is, well, if we ever get to that point, and I know we're going off subject here, but if we ever get to that point where the Knicks get to the finals, you know there's going to be a lot of pressure. As fans. No, absolutely. But right now, we've been able to en- just just enjoy finals with no pressure because once your team's not in it, then you just get to watch. You don't have to pick a side. You can just watch. I'm kind of like that with the Final Four. I don't even – I don't follow college teams that closely. Yeah, me neither. To I have just, a favorite. Yeah. Um. So once my bracket is busted – That's it. I'm, I'm, whatever. Like, I'm, I've missed most of the games. I've only caught – like, I, I – after my bracket is busted, I'm good on just catching the highlights. I'm good on watching ESPN and seeing the highlights, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Go online, catch those nine-minute um, highlight reels that people put together of the whole game and just get a gist of it. I'm kind of cool on that. So who you got, North Carolina or Oregon? Because I, I got North Carolina. I think that'd be North Carolina and Gonzaga in the finals. Now, it could be, if it was North Carolina and South Carolina, I mean, that would be good for – for the, the state, Carolinas, we mean, for yeah, country, but, but I, I, I actually see it your, your same way. North Carolina, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's the end of it. Two number one seeds. Anything can happen. It should be a, a good game. I hope maybe North Carolina win it this time on a buzzer beater and not be the ones that that lose by that. by a buzzer beater, yeah. Because when I saw that game last year, that was a memorable game. Yeah. One of the best games I've seen in college basketball history, other than the, the, the one of the kids who shot a few years ago that was almost gonna go in from a half court shot. Mm-hmm. And that one that would have been the the greatest shot probably in history, but and then you also uh, a few years ago North Carolina they won in two thousand five with Raymond Felton. I remember that moment, so it'll be interesting to see if, if they pull another championship in their belt for the mm-hmm. program. I'm here for it, definitely. So you know we'll we'll get it now into a little bit of this NBA stuff, and and to be honest, we gotta actually talk about the Knicks too because before we get to all that, because. What Sky Pippen says is kind of true, and what Carmelo's saying right now is kind of suspect of of what the whole season's been about for the Knicks. Okay, well, first h- help me out because I, I missed Scotty Pippen's comment. Basically, he basically said he blames Phil Jackson for what's happening to the Knicks and that he should go. Okay, well, thank you, Scotty, for thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, basically, when you look, he said basically that Carmelo is being professional here and all that, but the team has been contending since Phil Jackson is there. They've been pretty much underachieving and all that. Mm-hmm. Then you had Bruce Bowen on ESPN saying, well, the, it's all the players' fault really here because, you know, they're not believing in what the system and all that stuff. I mean, at some point, coaching can do so much for you, and the players just got to step up and man up and do what they have to do. I'm not sure. You know what? I'm going to go with Scotty on this one. I'm going to go with Scotty on this one. I think on paper we have a very good team. I've always I've always said it's coaching. Yeah, it's coaching. If if they're not playing defense, you have a defensive coordinator. That's the coach. If the if the defense falls apart every second, that's the coach. If the offense doesn't click, if you keep somebody in the game who's shooting uh 3 for 12, that's coaching. That's 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 all coaching. If you take the guy out who's actually hitting shots and put somebody in who's now bricking, that's coaching. If 
if you let Willie Herman Gomez go this far into the season and he's still hesitating on what to do and getting stripped because of it, that's coaching. All that is coaching. Now, does that fall on Hornacek, Hornacek or does that fall on Phil Jackson? That, I think that falls on Hornacek because even though they, I, I know they're not saying it out loud, but they know that they, they don't respect him because they think it's still Phil Jackson running the team. And I tend to, I tend to believe that exact same thing. I don't really think that if Hornacek had a say, he would be running the triangle. He's never run the triangle. This That's not his system either. So I don't know why he would get here and all of a sudden become a disciple to the triangle unless Phil Jackson was making him. Yeah. Well, basically what Scott Pippen says, I just think he has to put the right pieces on the floor. This team really hasn't had it. They have had since Jackson has landed there and he's down ESPN. That's basically what you know, he's saying. And that's right. coming from a former player. That's coming from a dude who played under Phil. Yeah. So, I mean, honest. I, I got to give him more credit. I got to give him, you know, I got to give what he's saying more more leverage than, than, than Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen doesn't know what the players are dealing with. Scottie Pippen does. Bruce Bowen was also on, on you know, great Spurs team. Right, and never had to stopper. deal right, and yeah. never had to deal with Phil Jackson. I'm going to go with the guy who's dealt with Phil Jackson before. It, it's easy to say the players have to step up, but there's only but so much you can do as a player when you're not being if if you're trying to fit a, squ- a square peg in a round hole, it's never going to work out. And that's what I feel this is. I don't think that if Jeff Hornacek had his way, he'd be preaching the triangle. I think yeah, I think if Jack can just let him do what he wanted to do with the system, whether it's pick and roll and, and spraying the ball and all that. I mean, the team is scoring a lot of points. It's not really about the triangle. It's just about their defense. Which goes back to coaching. Scoring scoring 105 points is great. You're Which goes, five? But yeah. I think they're doing that in spite of the coaching. I think they're do, I think that's a testament to how talented the team is. Period. Yeah. I think... That's why I know you don't like Rose, but between Rose, between their point guard, their shooting guard, Melo, and and KP, I think you have an offensively talented team, and I think you need to find a way to make that mesh. And then when the defense is falling apart, KP can't guard the five. Uh, Melo never – I mean, KP can't guard the three. Melo never guards the three. Like, they leave all these wide-open three-point shooters. They never crowd the, the three-point shooters. The lane is always wide open. They're subject always. to back cuts. Like that's all defense. Defensive that, schemes that has to fall on when 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 the other team starts making a charge, and all of a sudden they go on a ten zero run, and you haven't called timeout, and you're not swapping players, and you you know what I mean? Like you you keep putting the same guys back in when it's obvious they're getting abused, and you're not making any adjustments. And next thing you know, we lose the game by one point. Or, or two points or one shot. Like, that's it's just ridiculous. That, that for me, that's all coaching. And I think something tells me Phil is beating them in the head so much about the triangle, they're not even thinking about defense. It's true. That's kind of how I feel about it. And I, all with respect to Bruce Bowen because, you know, great dude, but you, you play for the Spurs, dude. You can't tell me anything. you under one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Mm-hmm. You've played for one of the greatest <laughs> NBA organizations on the face of the planet. You played with one of the probably the best power four in NBA history. Best right, and you played with all stars every time you played because Pop doesn't have never has anything less. So you got to miss me with your comparisons, bro. I don't want to hear from you. If if 
if the Knicks had what you had, take that same exact Knicks roster right now and put it under Popovich and the Spurs and watch them be be work going work killers. Abs because you got a you got right now a team that as far as the standings are concerned is are a bunch of bums who can still put up 125 points in a night and still lose and lose. <laughs> That's pure coaching. That's that's they're they're putting up those points because they're talented, and they're losing the games because of coaching. That's that's how I feel. And now, now in that they're they're in a situation right now where they gotta lose these games to have more ping pongs for the lottery. And fans were angry when they won against the Pistons on Monday and everything. But then you look at it how a player's pride goes into effect because. They don't want to be losing these games on purpose. They want to win. Like I, I, I can't say that because I'm, I'm not that type of player where I'm, or I even play basketball in this situation where you'd be like, oh, you know, we're we're pretty much like twenty and forty or whatever. And we're just gonna lose every game on purpose. No, we want to win these games. We want to win. You know, yeah, some pride into it. It, it more goes to I, I, I see that as, okay, am I gonna be here next year? Am I going to get the benefit of these picks that we're getting out of the lottery? If not, then you want to play because you want to audition yourself for another team. Derrick Rose is on a one-year deal. I can understand him wanting to play. They're trying to trade Melo unless he's dead set on staying because he has the clause. Then it's iffy for him too. Melo really doesn't have to rehearse. Everybody knows what he doesn't have to audition. Everybody knows who he is and what he does. Everybody's seen him this year. You know what I mean? His numbers are what they are. So it, it and he's still seen as a, a a top ten viable offensive threat. So that his resume is what it is. Derrick Rose had something to prove. He's got to prove that he can still get out and ball, and and he's still worth money to someone else in the league. So he had to get out there and prove it. But the rest of the team, I don't really. The other starting dudes like KP's not going anywhere. They're not trading him. And he's, he's he's we still got him under contract, so he can't leave. Um, uh, what the the our our shooting guard? He what's his name again? Oh, Corey Lee. Lee. He can't leave. We got him under. You know what I mean? He can't leave. So I don't understand playing the starting five. I would be starting the bench players. It's true. I if if uh, otherwise, what are you really trying to do? Like the the goal is to get more picks. Screw pride. Pride should have kicked in sometime around the All Star break. Your professional pride should have kicked in around the All Star break. You should have started winning games. We're 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 beyond that now. We 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 could go on a run and get in the playoffs, but what what good is that? Get the eighth seed, get smashed, and get nothing. It's true, but I also look at it into in this perspective from the team. Look, you guys have like a few games left. Just lose, and hopefully you guys get a good player out of the draft. I think they will, but. Then you look like it from the basketball gods. Oh, you guys are losing these games on purpose. And you look at like the 76ers who've been tanking like like every single year. And they still got these players. And they still haven't developed into stars or all that stuff. I don't know what the hell's happening over there. I have no idea what's, what's I'm happening saying. in Philadelphia. Because they get pick after pick after pick. And the top picks. And they still can't somehow get a squad to Let's, compete. The Knicks play the Heat today at 8 o'clock. They're probably gonna lose that game. Yeah, uh, they may win it, but I think I hope so they lost. I hope they lose. Then they play the Celtics on Sunday. That's an L. Hopefully, that's an L. I'm gonna be at that game actually. That's that's um, the day before my birthday, so I'm gonna be at that okay. game. Then they play the Bulls 
on Tuesday. I think that's another L. Um, Jimmy Butler and his crew. I think they're going to lose that. I'm going to be at that game. That's the day after my birthday. So I'm going to be at that game. Then they play the Wizards, the Grizzlies, the Raptors, and the 76ers. Now, the only one on that schedule they may win is the one against the 76ers. And I would, I if I'm the coach, I'm playing the bench. Yeah. I'm playing the bench. I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not putting in my starters. I'm not if if we go on a if we go on a losing streak right now with all those players, with with all those games I just mentioned. Let me see. That's that's one, two, three, four, five, six. That's a six game losing streak before we get to the seventy sixers. If we lose four out of those six, I'm just gonna play the bench. I'm I'm not I'm just gonna play the bench. What's the point? I can't even at this point now that we're just like, you know what, just lose every single game. I don't even care anymore. Just just go on a six game losing streak, seven game losing streak, whatever, and, and hopefully you guys get like a top three, top four pick as a fan. I mean it's kinda of disgusting to say that because you just want your team to win, but now you're just like, Oh, it's just I'll lose. It's Nick's tank, B. I'm I'm on I'm on that Nick's tank train right now. So who's the, who's the tank commander then? On the team. Phil Jackson. <laughs> I think he just wants to tank on purpose. You think his whole plan all along was to just tank for three years? No, I think his. I think I think he never really wanted the job, and he's been asleep at the wheel. And I think we're we're seeing him now as an executive for the first time, and he's showing us that he sucks. I think his girlfriend is probably a way better executive, um, executive minded person than he is, Jeannie. But they broke up. Period. So, I, it doesn't matter. I still think she's like the better executive mind, and he's being exposed. He he's he's exposed. He's exposed as a negligent GM. He never wanted the job. There were a bunch of people out there who could have got it. There are a bunch of coaches out there we could have had. And like I said, the Knicks just seem to always make the the less obvious choice. He's got one bright spot on his resume as the Knicks GM, and that's Porzingis. But was that really a pick of him, or we just got lucky on that? that? Ex- again. It's. I'm not. I'm not even gonna get specific. I'm going to say it's the only thing on his resume good that happened under his tenure. You you got rid of a good coach that we had. You let a bunch of our guys go for absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Shumpert gone for nothing. We didn't get anything back. They Smith are. gone nothing. We didn't get anything back. Tyson Chandler gone left. We didn't get anything back. Then you let Woodson walk, our winningest coach in years, and you let him walk, and we didn't get any. You know what I mean? It's just, and then you replaced him with Derek Fisher. Then you replaced Derek Fisher with Hornacek. So a rookie coach and a coach coming off of a losing season, and then you forced the triangle. Mm-hmm. So what do we? The only bright spot is KP, and then you alienate Melo. Been alienated since he signed that contract. To be honest. If you wanted to trade him, you should have just. Why did you give him the no clause? To be honest, you shouldn't should even sign him. You should just let him go. Well, then there's that. But no, because then we wouldn't have gotten something for him. Yeah, but then would it would have been better then if we just didn't sign him and gone bad anyway and probably gotten Carl Anthony Towns instead of Porzingis in the first in the first round? I, my thing is, I know you want to trade him for some kind. Of, you could have traded him for a pick. Or that too, yeah. You could have traded him for you could have traded him for a same, the same pick, but you gave him a like if you're gonna pay him the money and give him a no trade clause, then you got to start building a team around him, and he didn't. They didn't do that, and you put in Hornacek. Like, what? 
as if as if Mark Jackson wasn't still available. And Horsack is actually staying for the remaining contract. He's not getting fired or anything. So And you let Mark Jack I mean, I want Phil to go. At this point I'm ready to give Hornacek a chance just to see what he does when he's not being forced to run the triangle. I'd like to see what that looks like at this point. Yeah, I'm not even really all that upset with him. I just like I just, to see what happens when I he's just, not running the triangle. I just wish you could just fire Rambis, but that's not going to happen either because that's like Jackson's closest friend. If Jackson goes, Rambis is gone. Most likely, yeah. But will Jackson go? That's the question. In the summer, what they gotta, who do they got to do? They got to trade Melo and let Jackson go, or are they just going to let Jackson go and let Melo stay? Just, I would just let Jackson if, if it's me, I would just let Jackson go. Make Melo stay here? I mean, you don't have to make him. I think Melo would stay if Jackson wasn't around. Who I think, have you, I think who that's have you heard Melo complaining about this year? Jackson. All about Jackson. And, and also, I think that's what his whole plan was, was to just stay longer than Jackson. That way Jackson just leaves. And he can have a new coach, but but the thing is that that's the whole makeup of the Knicks franchise. It's been inconsistency. Like you see, ja- uh, manager go, president go, like one or two years after, coach mm-hmm. goes one or two years after. I mean, it's going to be an endless cycle until somebody there's some consistency on the team on the franchise. Well, that 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 goes up to the ownership. That goes up to Dolan. Dolan is you know the head of all this inconsistency and inst- instability. You look at. Again, the, the main franchise. This is why I don't like the comparisons when people start beefing about Melo not having a ring and they seem to forget everybody else who also doesn't have a ring and all the perks that they have. CP3. That's probably one of the more talented rosters in the game. And with, they with, a ste- ring. with a great coach and a steady organization. Great after, center. Right. Doesn't have a ring. Gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. Barely makes it. Uh, never makes it out of the first round. Gets wiped out. Or second round. Yeah. Grant. Granted, he's in. A, he's in a tougher conference. But you have a super talented roster. Um, who else do they beat? Kevin Durant. Try to go with the, the Thunder. Didn't go far. So then you bring it to uh, and Grant, they've had success, but no rings. That's the whole thing. They don't have any rings. So then you look at Melo's situation. How many coaches has he been through since he's been here? A lot. How many players has he been through since he's been here? Over 80. GMs? Like, at least two or three GMs. So, dude, give me a break. Like, where's the where where is he supposed to find any level of stability from to win these games and pull this off? Like, where is he supposed to be able to relax in a system where he absolutely knows what he was doing? The last time they got this comfortable. We saw what happened. Woodson was in charge. Woodson was the coach. I think Walsh was the GM. And we were great. Then they jerked, they jerked Walsh on the money. He left. In comes uh, your boy, Jackson. <laughs> and the first thing he does is get rid of our successful coach. Which makes absolutely no sense at the time. I, I did not understand that. I thought that was the stupidest thing I had ever seen. Like, what have he done other than have one losing season? Like, every other season. In fact, even when the the lockout season, when D'Antoni left, he actually did a pretty good job with that roster, made it to the playoffs. Like, that's the only coach, really, who had two playoff runs until right. that one year, you know, when he didn't make it and Jackson was higher and he just fired him. I don't know. But, but you look at what he, even look at what Woodson was dealing with that year. Amari's gone. Bargnani's yeah. here. He doesn't he and he wasn't making decisions at that point. He's a general manager. Right. So you he's gotta play with what he's got. And 
No Fields, no Novak. You know what I mean? Why even no, Fields doesn't even exist in the NBA anymore, does he? I don't Gone. Think so. I don't think so. Damn, I felt bad for him because it's like he 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 had something going until Melo came along. He just disappeared after Melo came along. Uh, he he vanished. Yeah, we we had a great squad in general when we traded those three starters for Melo. But you made the case though that I mean we discussed before that if Melo didn't Four trade, starters. yeah, we didn't trade, and he just after free agency signed with the Knicks with that roster, they probably would have contend with Miami Heat and any other. We get CP three because he was he was yeah. aching to come over. Then Piaz, I think that ta- that team would have been talented than the Miami Heat because it was more younger, more versatile, and they yeah, had everything Woodson they had. coaching. Yep. Yeah, Wilson Chandler, yeah, Garnari, those guys would have been pieces that would fit with Melo and everything. They would have been more of a long type of team that mm-hmm. could rebound, score, and all that stuff. But you mm-hmm. blew all that away for one player. Yep. We ain't been the same since. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, we had Felton back, but Felton was like whatever, you know. He's like okay, he's not a great point guard or anything. I mean, he was he was fine in his capacity. He's fine with the system because that's only makes anybody look good. Just especially his point guard. Yeah, especially his point Yeah. So yeah, this is a lot of stuff about the Knicks, but uh, more no no more about the Knicks right now. We gotta talk about this whole Cavalier situation because LeBron likes to talk a lot of smack all the time about his team, and one thing he said was, well, you know. We're in a trust in the process and all this stuff because we're in the bad spot right now with all these losses. Well, let's retrace back besides last night to Monday. Monday, I was watching the Spurs game. Spurs and Cavaliers. I'm thinking to myself, oh, this might be a good game. Maybe the Cavaliers will try to win. But they were down by like four already in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Spurs were just like, I don't know if they were playing around with them or they're just like, you know, whatever. We're just going to play our ball movement because you guys can't stop the ball movement that we do and, uh, and the passing and the big guys that we have in Gasol and David Lee and LaMarcus Aldridge. Kawhi Leonard, he, you know, he does best. He shuts down LeBron, scores his points, makes it uncomfortable for the other players. Gasol makes his threes. LaMarcus Aldridge is like a mismatch. Kevin Love can't stop him, you know, all that stuff. And then I look up in the 32nd half, and they're down by, like, 20 or 24 or whatever. And it just it just got so bad that I'm like, dude, these Spurs are taking this game personal to them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they're, like, after them. They're attacking them on every possession defensively in that first half. In the second half, they're just, like, you know, coasting. And then when they turn it on, they just destroy them and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I look at it from Popovich, who has LeBron's number almost in every matchup. And LeBron, who has this roster of a team, or, or he, he got to say probably the best team he's had in a while, and they suck. Absolutely the best <laughs> team he's had in a while. And they absolutely stink, though. Well, like, they, the pieces they, don't fit. They stunk against the Spurs. That's, you're right, but that's a bad example. Because everybody stinks against the Spurs. Almost everybody Except stinks the Warriors. Against, right. And, and even they, it took them, what? Two quarters to yeah. get out of that. Yeah. But everybody, the Spurs make everybody look. That's like saying you can't dance compared to Michael Jackson. Dude, most people can't dance compared to Michael. You, you think what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that. I guess you could say it's kind of a bad example, but then the past couple of games before the Spurs, they've been stinking up the joint. No, I completely agree with you. I, I am not I am not anti what you're saying. I completely agree with you. And they, they have been stinking it up uh, quite royally. So, you know, there you go. I mean, you look at it also from LeBron's standpoint that this month. I mean, the, I mean, since it's almost over, there there were six and ten this month, and the only other month that LeBron had ten plus losses was in November in his rookie year, when they went four and eleven. <laughs> and I'm just saying to myself, I don't understand this roster. 
should be better. But when you have a Derrick Williams, who, by the way, at the time, I said, eh, because he's kind of have this thing where he's injury prone. Mm-hmm. And also that I feel like every time he's on the court, an injury is going to happen. And, and I always see that every time. I thought it was a good idea to get him to leave the bench. <clears throat> yeah, but to be honest, I think I think he's, he's, he sucks as a bench player, too, because even bench players are destroying him. <laughs> so I don't understand, like, him playing in the bench unit. He's getting destroyed by second units, too. And then you look at Derek Williams, who was very inconsistent. I mean, his rookie year, he was good, but then after that, he just sucked. And then you look at uh, Richard Jefferson. He's old. He is what he is. Right. Give you spurts. I mean, Shumper, I'm not a big fan of Shumper. He's been consistent. He stinks most of the time. He's foul-prone, too. And it was getting better a little bit shooting-wise. But J.R. Smith, come back from a risk injury. injury. It's hard for him to be. He's got to, yeah. That's the wrist. He's you. You need your wrist yeah. to shoot. So yeah. I didn't expect him to jump right back into the thing, the swing of things. <clears throat> and 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 that's not even discuss um, Kevin Love and Irving's play because right now Love looks like he's he's going to play. You can see that based on what happened yesterday when he, he got fouled out in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Literally, I don't understand. You have five fouls. Why would you try to foul somebody? on a drive in the pick and roll. Like, almost like he didn't want to be there. He's trying to get out the paint. And then Kyrie Irving, my goodness, man. Can you pass the ball? Like, can you stop trying to shoot people or three people or four people? Because you're just, just going to be easier to guard. I mean, the Spurs is just is like, you know what? You can shoot on three people. You ain't going to get any more passes. <laughs> like, that's basically what it was. Like, Irving has this mindset of, just give me the ball and get out of the way and I'll score. Yeah, I- and I laugh when people say, well, he's a top five point guard. Well, he ain't top five point guard. Right now, I I think he's probably top ten, maybe maybe because of his scoring, mm-hmm. but he's not top five in terms of making people around I don't, him better. I don't, yeah, I don't see the passing. I don't see the passing at all. I'm John just, Wall is a much better point guard. I mean, Stephen Curry had a double-double against the Spurs, 29-11. Steph is absolutely a better point guard. Yeah. Um, um, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas is a better point guard when it comes – I mean, if you especially when you t- – Westbrook is a way better point guard. Monster. Yeah, like way better point guard. He 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 averages triple double. But definite but in the, in that triple double, one of them is the assist category. He makes it a point to get his guys involved. Like they know they're going to get the ball if they get to a certain spot on the floor. <clears throat> he's got them. It's not the fanciest passes except for that one through the leg that he did. Yeah, one through the other that was guy's lucky legs. and that, skill. Yeah, but that was ridiculous. Yeah, like, but it's not. It's never the fanciest pass, but because all eyes are trained on him, he can get that ball anyplace else and get you a wide open shot. He just doesn't have a great team. Yeah, and they've clinched the playoff spot. So I mean, Kyrie Irving until he gets his passing up, then he he might as well be a two guard. He's an undersized two guard. And not only that though, like. You look at the guys like James Harden, who's, who's who's known to be a great passer, and then that's why he just took him to another level now, and now he's mm-hmm. playing better than ever. Westbrook, who's a shooting guard, converted into a point guard. Uh, you have also Damian Leonard yesterday, who had a great performance against James Harden. Mm-hmm. Much better player than Irving. Actually made people around him better, and it's not like, you know, one of those emotional people. He's pretty much poised, even if he gets fouled or whatever. You get these point guards, and I look at Irving, and I'm just like, why don't you just convert himself to a shooting guard and let somebody else be point? I don't, I, I don't know. Because I know he's small. he'd be small as a shooting guard, but he's just a shooter. He's Le- not a I, passer. I see LeBron pull off better passes <laughs> than Kyrie. Yeah. More, more consistently. Yeah, and, and LeBron, he's having career highs and assists because he wants to make everybody around him better. Mm-hmm. But Irving's just a one-dimensional player. And then when I laugh about, well, he's better than Stephen Curry. 
Well, yeah, he's better than Stephen Curry because he has LeBron on his team. You think of LeBron, he's not better than Stephen Curry. They weren't going to the playoffs when LeBron wasn't around. Exactly. We forget how many years Kyrie had in, in Cleveland before, you know, your boy showed up. The team sucks so badly about LeBron. That that makes you, you know, pretty much say why LeBron is, is MVP every year. But LeBron's got what he asked for. That's why he's not MVP every year for me. Like the, this, you got what you asked for. I don't want to hear anything. And rest days. We we and rest days. <laughs> you punk. Like we we've given you everything you wanted. He's he's got everything he's requested, I, with the exception of that mellow trade. And I don't know if he really wanted the mellow trade for nah, Kevin Love. I don't think he wanted. Well, Kevin Love doesn't even look like he's want to be there. Right, which is which is a different story. Maybe you should have gotten that mellow trade cracking. Maybe mellow with him. I mean, if we talking just a spot up shooter who gets to the spot and. Puts it in the hey, Melo can do that. He can also create. He can do other things. A lot yeah. less, but there's a lot less wear and tear on him. I've noticed he doesn't like going to the hole anymore. That shoulder's probably still bothering me. You know, he's not getting those same calls. Although he might get those calls if he was playing side by side with LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, exactly. So you know, and then you there's like, that. You guys, you got two strong people on the court. The guys are strong and stuff, so they mm-hmm. get rebound and everything. But yeah, that's not looking good for the Cavaliers in the East, man. John Wall and crew uh, are not afraid of the Cavaliers. Celtics the Celtics either. are not afraid of the Cavaliers. Raptors. Toronto is not afraid of the Cavs. Um, so hey, anything's possible. Yeah, like I thought, I thought the biggest threat was going to be for Golden State to get out of the West once Durant went down. But they've basically gone back to what they were doing before Durant showed up. They're playing better, actually, about Durant. And now your man is, uh, I mean, they, the way they gave it to the Spurs, who I see as the number one threat out of the West. They destroyed them. They like, yeah, like, that was like ran whatever. them over. Like, first I was looking at the score, like, what the hell is this? What am I, is this 2K? Is somebody playing 2K? Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> And then, like, by the second quarter, they go on this ridiculous run. Down by three and a half time, and then they just go off in the third quarter. I mean, defensively, they're pl- I said it before, they were going to play better defensively because they have Matt Barnes, they have all these people. And, and you know, scoring-wise is going to be the problem, but they fixed that now. Matt, Matt, Barnes is, Matt Barnes is underrated as a defender. Yeah, and with Durant coming back, like, that's even more scary for them. Because yeah, now the now bench is better. Matt moves to the bench. Yeah. And he's a, he's a terror. He's a, Matt Barnes is legitimately scary. I say it all the time. He's underrated as a defender. He's, he's and he can make shots. And he can hit spot up three. Yeah. He'll go to the hole. He doesn't do a bunch of goofy stuff. He, he's very clinical. But his defense, nobody wants to see Matt Barnes running at them when they're you know about to spot up. He's scary looking. And he used to play with the Warriors. Like, yeah, he's like old. He's, he's, old he's older, but he's back with the, t- the franchise, and it's like, He's and he hasn't well. lost a step. He doesn't look tired. He doesn't look worn. He doesn't look washed. Mm-hmm. He's still doing his thing. I thought that was an amazing pickup for them. I thought that was a fantastic pickup. And I hope he stays with the team. I hope he retires with the team. He's got to stay with the team. Durant, when he comes back, you know, this just makes it easier. The only thing they got to have problems with probably is the whole chemistry thing again like that before when Durant was out. Mm-hmm. Getting that whole flow back in, but I don't flow. really think that's going to take a long time. Curry's going to have to be Curry still because he's playing on, on a high level right now, like yeah. MVP season. I think it's going to. It may take a minute for Durant to get back into it. Yeah, um, for sure. But going back to the Cavaliers, though, threats: the Wizards, the Celtics, the Raptors, and in that order, I would say number one will be the Raptors because they got better. Even though the record doesn't say, but they got better in terms of the team being more versatile. They got more versatile players. 
play my, that they could defend my, my, them. My number one threat is the Wizards. I mean, with John Wall, yeah, it's number uh, one yeah, threat. Because my, my number one threat is the Wizards. Like I said before, Cavs can't defend the pick and roll. Right. They cannot defend. Kevin and Love Wall and Irving is, cannot. Yeah. Wall is way too big. For, he's too, for Kyrie he's too he's quick. He's too fast, but he's strong. He's yeah. bigger than he can get a shot off over Kyrie, mm-hmm. and he's like bigger than he is. And they're a pick and, and roll fast. team. They're yeah, roll and, team. They, and they, they, and they the get it going. Beal is dropping shots left, right, and center. And Nene in the middle, like my number one threat for the Cavs is absolutely good. It goes the Wizards, then the Celtics, and then, and then Toronto. Yeah. And I only give it to the Celtics because – they're scrappy, but they're also playing with house money. I mean, right. everyone's playing to be this great. You right. know, they, they still got number one pick, and they're going to get probably Luonzo Ball and all that. And it's another, like, 10 years, 15 years of them being great. Again. I wonder how that's going to work, though, Ball with Isaiah. I think I, I think Ball could be shooting guard. You, put Isaiah, you can't put a shooting guard. You got to put Ball a shooting guard. Who's who's shooting guard now? Uh, Bradley. He's a good, he's a good. Good. No, I don't know what they're going to do with him. They're going to they trade him. They're going to let him go. They, if they get Ball, what are they going to do? That's, a, that's the only question. Cause I'm not gonna trade Isaiah. You gotta trade MVP. Or you got you got stupid as a franchise. I, I would I would I would do my best to keep um. I do my best to keep him. Move him to the bench. Let him run the second unit. And just ball out. I would yeah. do my best to I would do my best to hang on to him. I want to get I wouldn't want to get rid of the, of such a talented shooter. And I don't know if Ball <laughs> needs to start. Yeah, I don't know if Ball needs to start, but the, with his talent. You make any team better instantly. So let him run. The, let him run the second unit as a start, hmm? and then we'll see. Well, as a start, yeah. and then we'll I mean, see, you got You got to start and see where it, what happens. But if he runs the second unit, if you got the number one draft pick running the second unit, that that that's a monster squad. I mean, Celtics will find a way. They're probably gonna put ball at shooting guard and do something with Danny Ainge isn't stupid. He's figuring it out. The but, number one pick, man. The only question is, will they draft Wall or will they draft somebody else? That's the question. Are they deficient anywhere? Do they draft Fox or will they draft? Maybe they'll draft a center, but there's no really good top center in this nah, draft. Nah, that, that would be a wasted pick. It's just guards. Yeah, yeah just that'd guards. be a wasted pick. So they're not stupid. They're going to draft a guard. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. trade Bradley for like another pick and then put him at, put him a ball at shooting guard or something like that. But you got to hope that Ball and Isaiah get along. Yeah, that's the only thing because you got to – well, Ball is – Pat is a passive person, you know. Yeah, he's not but he type claims to, to be the leader. He claims to be a team leader. Uh, the thing is, I think most college players that come out, a point guard, think they're leaders regardless. They'd be mm. like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna just leave my, I'm gonna leave any team because you know I'm a point guard." Yeah. Like that's pretty much. They're not gonna say that, but they'd be like, "I'm a point guard, so I'm, I'm a leader I'm automatically." The, I'm, the, I'm the guy in charge. Yeah, could be, could be. I mean, well, you know, time will tell. But speaking of the Warriors, though, I mean, they're going on a nine game winning streak right now. They're playing better without Durant. It looks like they got it under control. And the only thing that's stopping them really is the Rockets and the Spurs, in my opinion. Uh, the two teams. We just saw what they did to the Spurs. They all did the Spurs to the Rockets. And I know it's just season games, and then they, they showed up. And but then, that's and, gotta you gotta that's gotta be in everybody's mind when you start talking. Because the Rockets, it's like a it's like a track meet. You know, they're gonna shoot threes right almost every single game, like right. 30, 40 threes, and they're gonna be worn down by that and stuff. Right. So they got to finish that series off if they want to face the Spurs. Because, you know, the Spurs, we all know, I think they're going to get to the Washington Conference Finals. Uh, unless unless they get upset by the Rockets in the, in the second round. If second the Rockets round. advance, they beat the Thunder. As of right now, it'll be Rockets and Thunder in the first round. Unless the Thunder somehow have been upset. But if it's Rockets and Spurs in the second round, Warriors and whoever's the fourth seed right now in the Western Conference, if the Warriors advance and the Rockets or 
or the Spurs advanced. Either way, the Western Conference is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. But it'll be kind of interesting to see if the Rockets advance the Western Conference. If, because the way they stunk it up the other night, the yeah. way James Harden was having his shooting troubles the other night. He's playing through injuries right now. I think he's playing through that stinger and his wrist. This and is definitely the wrong time for that. Yeah, they don't. He doesn't want to rest. But so they gave him all this heat pad, all this stuff to make sure he's okay and everything. Mm-hmm. But if they need, a, if he needs to rest, just give him one rest day. Or, I mean, that, or, and everybody will understand he's injured. That's different than just yeah. sitting down. That's an injury. Yeah, like but he show. still wants to play every game. So yeah, why don't no, you just rest him during shoot around? But he feels like if he rests during shoot around, his rhythm goes off and all well, that. Limit his minutes. And that too, he's limit his minutes. Have you seen, this is kind of a little off topic, but not really. Have you seen that ESPN commercial where they describe the Western Conference? Yeah. Uh, it's one of the greatest commercials. <laughs> they have, like, that Western music and the cowboy yeah. voice, and it's like, out worst. Then and then they go, uh, they describe everybody. James Harden is, um, James Harden is an outlaw with a quick trigger. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a man in black who's a little too quiet. <laughs> the Golden State are a rowdy a rowdy crew of sharpshooters. Oh, God. And Westbrook is a desperado with a loco streak. That, that kind of fits in, too. It fits all of them. I that know, is yeah. so I, awesome. I like, whoever wrote that, that was fantastic. That Every part of that. I was I, I watched that commercial like I want to see the movie. He just should start making more of those commercials. I remember a few years ago they did it with um, point guards in the in the game, how the golden age and everything. Mm-hmm. Show all these point guards back in the day and the present now and everything. Ends with Stephen Curry at the end of the video because you know it's like one well, of the best point guards at the MVP, time right. won MVP that year. Like it's crazy. They should do those commercials again though. It's cool. I love it. Uh, uh, I love it. I love it. An outlaw with a quick trigger. A man in black the who's Westbrook. a little too quiet. Westbrook. No, Westbrook is the desperado, desperado with the local local. Streak. And and it, it the local streak. They show him it. turning around, like, yelling at somebody down the court. And he looks crazy when they do it. And then they show Steph and Clay, and it's a rowdy a rowdy crew of sharpshooters. And Kawhi Leonard is a man in black who's a little too quiet. Dude, that's awesome. I know. That commercial is greatness. Every morning when I'm watching First Take, I'm like, this is every time that commercial comes on, I'm just kind of, like, munching popcorn in the chair. That's That's... Sorry, everybody. I didn't mean to break into that tangent. That's just one of my favorite things. Just couldn't help myself. You think Westbrook is the MVP right now? Yes. Clear cut favorite for me. Right now. For me, absolutely. For me, absolutely. Once this team clinched the playoff spot, then fifty-seven points and ten rebounds. As bad as that team is, yeah. The way he's had to carry that, I don't think any of the other players could have done what he's doing with his team. I don't think Kawhi could have carried a team that bad. I don't think Harden could have carried a team that bad. I wonder if LeBron could have done it. Um, I've seen him carry the Cavs. Yeah, he carried those. But not to the tune of a triple-double. Not to the not to the tune of averaging a triple-double. You dig what I mean? He yeah. carried him, but he even he didn't average a triple-double when he had the opportunity with a team that bad and he was the only good player. So I don't I, – I, if we're talking most valuable player, okay, well – Who's more valuable than Westbrook right now? Seriously, you you take him and put him on a good team, they become monsters. You take any of those franchise players I just m- mentioned and put them on a bad team, I don't know how good they do. Especially not triple double status. So yes, for me he's for me he's the in in the 
clinical definition of most valuable player in the NBA, I think Russell Westbrook is the most valuable player. I think he means the most to his team. Um, it could be, of course, the argument could be made for LeBron every year. Yeah, but LeBron is like the Michael Jordan rule. You know, you just, you know, every year he could be MVP. There's somebody else. I don't, I don't, and and then I look at what his team is doing with him there. But they still, stink. and they got be, they're better than they're better than the Thunder. They got two other All Stars on that team. They're they better. Stink. They're way better than the Thunder, and they're stinking it up. They, I don't understand that. It's like they're doing it on purpose, or they just they're just that bad. Maybe they're just coasting now to get. Maybe they're just coasting now to rest. To rest up. That's that's but that's a that's a place you don't want to be in when you get into the postseason. Like, it's okay if you did this in January or, like, dog days, but you're getting close to the postseason. You don't want to be in that little losing streak getting into the postseason thinking you're just going to turn on a switch and be like, oh, you know, we're going to play that at a high level right now. You're, you're preaching to the choir, bro. They're they're in a dangerous spot right now, and they could actually even be in trouble in the first round yeah. and actually go 6-7 for no reason when they could have been, like, 5 or 4. Mm-hmm. Or or even the second round, they could be out at the Wizards or or, or, Celt- or Celtics or whatever, right Raptors. Yeah, yeah, like, they Take him out in the second round, seven games or something like that. Which is very possible. Like it's dangerous where they at. I think I think for 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 LeBron's case, he's gonna have to either get a team meeting, a players meeting, or just gonna have to figure out a way f- for players to play less minutes. I think that's a that's I, I, I don't I don't know I don't know I, they'll I'm sure they'll figure it out and come playoff time they'll be a different animal. But for as it is right now, I I agree with you. So we got a little bit of time here. I know you're not a big fan of MLB, but the season starts on Sunday. I'm actually kind of excited because I haven't watched a lot of Yankee baseball this spring because it's spring training, and regardless, it's like a lose-lose for me. You could be hot in spring training and suck in the season. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it makes a difference for me. I mean, some teams need that, some teams don't. But I look at Sports Illustrated, and I see the Dodgers over the Indians winning the World Series and their predictions that they always do, and, well, I you can make the case for that because the Dodgers had a lot of injuries throughout the um, postseason last year. They had like 28 players injured. They still made it to the NLCS with Clayton Kershaw and all that. It's like a monster and everything. But this baseball season is going to be interesting to see if the Cubs can actually repeat because it was kind of wonderful to see them win a World Series last year. I got my eye on the Mets. You got your eye on the Mets? I got my eye on the Mets. They, the, did, a, they did a nice job if they if – they, Tweaked a couple of things. I think they can go further. The pressure is going to be for the Mets, though, so that rotation can stay healthy because mm-hmm. that's their pretty much their they right live by the pitching yeah. or die by the pitching. That's what they are right now because their offense is okay. It's, it's good enough to give them hits, but the pitching is what's going to take them to the promised land. And I never count out the Yankees. Oh yeah, I mean the Yankees. They're young right now, but they look like they have a bright future to all these top prospects. They could easily have like a core four again or five or even yep. six for all we know. Never never count out the, I never count out the Yankees, but I got my eye on the Mets right now to, to do something special this season. But it's gonna be fun though. I I, I think I'm definitely gonna see if I can go to one of these games, the Yankee or Mets games and see how, what's happening with the baseball world and if these players going through this hundred sixty two game stretch, which is like the longest in sports how they handle all this mm-hmm. going into the postseason by the time it's September or November, I mean, or October. But it's going to be a fun. I, th- I think I think Yankees are going to be surprising to everybody. I think the Mets are going to be in there. They're going to hang in there. Hopefully they, they win the division, but it's going to be tough because the Nationals won it last year. Right. Get to the wild card and see what happens. That's all I can say for the Mets. Go, go, go New York, go. Yeah, that's what it is. So I'll end the show here. 
You can follow the Slam City Facebook page and a Twitter account at Slam City underscore 360. You can follow me at Morinus10. Follow me at Mr. Mech, M R M E C C. And you can follow the big Dunk 360 website at the Dunk 360 because there can only be one. See you next week. Great.